Today on the show, we trade coin for steel and decide how to separate the good mercenaries from the bad ones. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Connor. And I'm Bruce. And we're once again finding ourselves in the wonderful realm of Tamriel, where it's all happiness and sunshine all the time. Where no, anything can happen, including war crimes. <laughs> yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no bandits, no Deidre, nothing to worry about. Uh, except for, yeah, war crimes occasionally. And the ever-present uh, impending doom of the death of the material plane. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, we're, Bruce, you and I are lucky to find ourselves in the imperial province of Cyrodiil at the end of the Third Age. What a Oh, what an, wow. With, what with an the, exciting um, time. So many things happening. I know, with the entire Septim dynasty at its peak and, yeah. nothing you know, could prosperity. Go wrong. Yeah. yeah. We're in this wonderful white gold city, the Imperial city, where, you know, you can find anything you're looking for and nothing bad is going to happen. Unless, of course, maybe there's like an assassination or something and then. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what the guard said. I jinxed it. That's my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, I am I am happy, though. I am glad we're, we're able to talk about uh, specifically my favorite entry in the Elder Scrolls series. Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, my favorite game. Yeah, I, I would love to one day uh, kind of visit that for the first time myself and uh, share with you in that. I would like to uh, see that, yes. I want to see you play Oblivion. It's it's an experience. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, you you could argue that it maybe hasn't aged that well, but uh, it's, it's worth checking out. But uh, one thing that made Oblivion so memorable to me was uh, a particular quest chain a series of quests that you as the player can do for the Fighters Guild, one of the many factions you can join in Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Really memorable quest line because uh, it, it really explores the concept of private militaries or private security enterprises. Uh, mercenaries is a, a cruder term for that. Uh, and just what can go wrong when you uh, pay people to kill other people or defend you or, you know, augment the state's military. It's... It can get sticky <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very interesting, like framing it in that kind of wording. Private militaries. It seems like yeah. such a modern term, but I mean, you know, mercenaries go back a long way. But That's like, true. kind of for-profit, like mercenary organizations. That I mean, that is by complete definition a private military, and just seeing that in the sense of not in, you know, a, a third world country or a destabilized state, but instead, you know, in this medieval realm yeah. uh, is very, very weird to it talk is. about, but like, that's yeah. what it is. You might, you might hear the term fighters guild and, and quests and think, oh, these are just people I'm helping out and I'm, they're going to give me gold to uh, go into some caves and fight some goblins. And sure that does happen, but you know, there's that flip side, like we like you mentioned, it's technically kind of a private military too. And, you know, at the risk of 
projecting some modern sensibilities onto this game that's not meant to be taken this seriously maybe there there are some things to explore here in terms of like you know how do you know you can trust a mercenary if you know kind of like you mentioned by definition their loyalty can be bought <laughs> you know yeah what what's cool about oblivion though it kind of it kind of gives you uh, both sides of the uh question there there's the fighters guild and of course as we'll get into later the fighters guild's uh, rival in oblivion a organization calling itself the Blackwood Company. It's, uh, Ooh, ominous. Sinister, yeah, very sinister sounding uh, name <laughs> there. But so, what exactly is the Fighters Guild? I kind of know, but just for the people at home, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. For uh, anyone maybe not familiar with the Fighters Guild, definitely not Bruce because he knows everything. He doesn't need any <laughs> uh, any catching up. But uh, <laughs> thank no, you, thank you. <laughs> But the uh, the Fighters Guild is is a very old organization in the Elder Scrolls lore. Um, they they aren't like police or the army because uh, the Empire of Tamriel it kind of has that covered with what's called the Imperial Legion. That's you know sort of the the Empire's enforcers. That's the that's the army. That's the military of the Empire. And then of course in every city there are guards, just city guards who kind of uphold the law and represent the Empire of Tamriel. But meanwhile the Fighters Guild. For, for many years, kind of lends its strength of arms on kind of a freelance basis. You know, they're skilled in combat, but they're not technically beholden to the government, in, in some ways at least. And what they do is they offer that service to the common folk of the Empire, at least for those who can pay, of course. <laughs> you know, they've got to make a profit. Right. So, like, how much money would you say, like, they would usually kind of charge someone? It would have to be, like, a lot of gold. Yeah, it, it depends on what you're asking them to do. Simple pest control, like, you know, let's say uh, there are some giant rats in your basement eating your nice pillows. And I'm not kidding, that's not like a random example. <laughs> that's actually a quest that you can do in Morrowind. <laughs> in Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, there is a Fighter's Guild quest to defend pillows from rats. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I guess I do got to play this game. Like. <laughs> But to answer your question, something like that would probably run you, I don't know, like, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 gold, something like it, it's, it's, there's, there's pocket change jobs, but then there are bigger jobs like defending a caravan of supplies or valuable goods. Uh, but that gives you an idea of the variety of work the Fighters Guild sort of answers to. And like I said, it's an old organization. They've been around. So people know the Fighters Guild. There's a reputation. They've operated for centuries and they have a presence in pretty much every corner of the empire, every province. Uh, one exception, though, they are not, at least during the time period we can co sort of observe this particular province, they cannot be found in Skyrim. In the home of the Nords. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bruce's favorite place in the world, Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> Fuck that. We got a werewolf cult. <laughs> yeah, instead of, instead of the Fighters Guild, Skyrim has the Companions, which uh, sort of fill a similar role. You can... You can hire the companions to fight monsters for you. It's relatively uh, a similar deal there. Yeah, they pretty much fill the same niche as the Fighters Guild. They just they take missions. Uh, they're all pretty much werewolves, <laughs> but they kind of still do all the things that a Fighters Guild would do. It is, it is funny how the the companions on the outside, just you know, first glance, they just seem like another Fighters Guild. Like, oh yeah, these are. Uh, warriors for hire they you know seem honorable they have 
they have their codes of ethics. They seem reliable. You can hire them to help you out of a jam. But uh, if you rise through the ranks of the companions and you're in the inner circle, quote unquote, yeah, werewolves. <laughs> like I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> this is, you know, you get a fighter's guild, but then you get a little twist on there too. Yeah, love it. Love it. Speaking of the fighter's guild, particularly in the imperial province of Cyrodiil, where, the, where Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion takes place, the fighter's guild is known as, like I said, a very reliable organization. But part of that reliability and that reputation is because they are officially chartered by the empire like they they have sort of a, a loose affiliation with the government <laughs> they are which means that they are hmm. <laughs> yeah i know hmm. there, there's the skepticism like uh-oh those ties a state-funded militia that can act outside of the proceedings <laughs> and jurisdiction <laughs> of the crown what that couldn't lead to anything suspicious yeah no you're 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 not wrong um, yeah, there is something to be said for a civilian, a technically civilian organization that kind of has legal protections from the government, but they do extra civilian things like, you know, you know, carry military grade equipment and things like that. And there are maybe some real world parallels we could draw from that, but that's, I think that's for another time, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but that does mean this connection between the fighters guild and the empire it does mean that they are very well regulated and they have strict codes of conduct governing the legality of the jobs they take as well as the qualifications of the freelance warriors they recruit so you can't join the fighters guild knowing nothing about being a fighter like they have standards they can't just look at some some schmuck on the street and go hey yeah you you look you're able to stand on your own power. You're not literally a leper, like lying on your deathbed. Like you can hold a sword. You're in, you're in welcome to the fighters guild. They have standards like they interesting. They, okay. So, I mean, that does make me feel a little bit better about them that they're just kind of like, they don't just take any Tom, Dick or Nancy off the street and say, you're in, get in there. Exactly. Kid. Now that doesn't mean that you as the player playing in oblivion, like you're not going to be turned away from the fighters guild. Even if you're playing a mage, I think the fighters guild makes exceptions for main characters. <laughs> they, they have probably have that in their charter. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as you do have, uh, the word hero above your chest, <laughs> right. I guess we'll let you in. Yeah. I think the, the most important thing though, is that that regulation about legality, you know, not only will they not take recruits who aren't qualified, but they also won't take on contracts that are clearly illegal. Like, you know, in the empire, there are laws and the, the fighters guild won't break those laws just for money. They, again, they have standards, but then at, on the flip side, we see the Blackwood company. What is the Blackwood company? You know, it's this, this new group of upstarts, like who are they? But we, we, we sort of get to know them, you know, throughout the course of the game, specifically uh, throughout the course of the Fighters Guild quest line. Around the time of the Oblivion Crisis, which is when the game Oblivion takes place, uh, the Blackwood Company emerges. They're sort of the new kid on the block, and you, they turn out to be another mercenary group. They're basically another Fighters Guild, composed mostly, this is interesting, most of their members are Argonians and Khajiit, because they're sort of situated in the south of Cyrodiil, a quick geography lesson for you. <laughs> the province of Cyrodiil <laughs> is bordered on the south and the southeast by the provinces of Elsewhere and the Black Marsh. Where? <laughs> elsewhere. 
<laughs> where? <laughs> I know, where? <laughs> it's called elsewhere. I know, but where's the Kashyyyk? Stop. Who's <laughs> <laughs> on first? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, else, well, is it elsewhere or elsewhere? It's something like that. I thought it was elsewhere or... I guess if you say it with the Khajiit accent, it's like elsewhere. Elsewhere, yeah. Potato, potato. But yeah, elsewhere and the Black Marsh are where Khajiits and Argonians come from, respectively. So they sort of, these these uh, freelance fighters, they sort of banded together, came over into Cyrodiil and thought, we're going to start an alternative to the Fighters Guild called the Blackwood Company. I do like this because it's sort of like, um, like a mercenary union that just <laughs> yeah. kind of pops up. Yeah, the fighters and just like, we're being underrepresented. Yeah. And we want to be able to have our own kind of thing because, you know, you guys have your thing, but like, there's not good benefits for us. There's not, you know, enough pay. Like, we're getting shafted for a lot of positions. So, you know what? We got our own thing. That's a really good point I never thought of, actually, because I think anyone with some understanding of, of Elder Scrolls lore, most people know, even hell, even if you play Skyrim and like just walk through Windhelm, for example, you have an idea that racism does exist in, in Tamriel, unfortunately. Khajiit and Argonians catch a, a pretty much the brunt of it. They are what are referred to as the beast races, you know, because the Khajiit are cat people. The Argonians are lizard people. They are known as beast races. So the humans often look down on Argonians and Khajiit as lessers. Very unfortunate, but Bruce, you make a really good point. I never considered that. We have you know, marginalized populations of Cyrodiil coming together and kind of going, Hey, we're going to have our own fighters guild. It's going to be, you know, representing us and, you know, we're going to get a piece of the pie for once. That's kind of cool. Thank you. Yeah. And so the Blackwood company is, you know, an alternative to the fighters guild, uh, where it kind of does, I wouldn't say the dirty work, but it does things that the fighter guild wouldn't usually do and for less gold this not only you know takes a bunch of different clients that maybe lower on the totem pole for the fighters guild to pick up uh this also kind of helps them with their personnel uh kind of what is that uh scouting i guess yeah. mercenaries yeah. uh sniping them from sniping the is a guild. great term yeah and like yeah you gotta th- i mean like it's really an ingenious idea it, and still a very 20th century kind of thing um, to kind of have in this medieval thing of just like a rival company that just does everything else for cheaper uh, and is just kind of like this very modern kind of competition. Yeah, it's it's like two uh, competing law firms just sending corporate headhunters after each other, like poaching the best talent. Oh, yeah. that that is kind of what you see. Like like you said, the Blackwood Company comes on the scene. They work for cheaper, but also like you said, they don't have the standards that the Fighters Guild has. And as far as whether or not the jobs they take are in the white or black or gray scale of legality, um, whatever. Yeah, like you said, whatever the Fighters Guild wouldn't do, the Blackwood Company will. So they basically have this "no job is too dirty" approach. So what this can lead to is. Um, there are examples of Blackwood Company fighters basically guarding drug lords and they're being bodyguards for uh, for drug lords and acting as glorified bandits. Yeah, that's the that's the double edged sword here of all of that is, you know, you can do all of this to, you know, get ahead of the competition. But 
when you don't have any standards, a lot of things fall to the wayside, including ethics. Exactly. And, you know, uh, even worse, there are even examples of the Blackwood company, like, you know, taking on a client, you know, taking money, being hired, and then double crossing that employer if they receive a more attractive offer from a competing party. So like, Ooh. you pay them to watch your back and then someone pays them more to kill you. They have no qualms about uh, turning on you and stabbing you in the back for money. So the Blackwood company are mercenaries through and through. Their loyalty is 100% for sale. Whereas the fighters guild, you know, obviously you pay them and they fight for you. So you're kind of buying their loyalty, but they have codes of ethics that the Blackwood company, unfortunately just doesn't have. But yeah, the, the Fighters Guild starts seeing some of their members jump ship. Uh, the availability of work is on the decline. Like when the Blackwood Company's poaching jobs from Fighters Guild, there's less work to go around. And so Fighters Guild members start joining the Blackwood Company because there's just better access to work. You know, it's, it's the free market in action, baby. That's capitalism, baby. <laughs> like, there you go. And so does the Fighters Guild ever, like, you know, work to uh, level the playing field? Does it try and you know up the payment for some of these mercenaries to keep them or does it just kind of try and still keep with its standard and tradition as like this storied organization great question yeah like when when you as the player during oblivion join the fighters guild uh you start to see that the guild is getting concerned like who are these blackwood company people uh how are they taking so much of our business uh but you don't ever really see them compromise which is nice like that's that's reassuring. The Fighters Guild never really seems to uh, forsake any of the standards that it has. It doesn't. It doesn't go on the other side of the law to even the playing field. One way that they do try to uh, get to the bottom of the Blackwood Company is they send you, the player, kind of undercover. Throughout the course of that that investigation, they find out that the fighters of the Blackwood Company they use this substance called um, it's it's the sap of the hist tree. The hist tree, A-H-I-S-T, is a tree native to the Black Marsh, and its sap can be used as a very potent combat drug. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, makes you stronger, makes you feel less pain. It's, uh, it's effective. Unfortunately, hist sap also causes hallucinations and violent outbursts with uh, disastrous results. Yo, and that's you know, PCP. <laughs> you're, you're dead on. <laughs> And then, unfortunately, this uh, abuse of hist sap leads to um, a tragedy. Later on in the quest chain, you know, you as the player, you've joined the Blackwood Company. You're basically undercover. And in order to fully join the Blackwood Company and then go on your first job for them, they require you to drink hist sap. It's kind of like an uh, initiation ritual. And then they send you on your first job. Kill some goblins that have been bothering them. And you go. Uh, and you kill goblins, but the entire time you're kind of in this weird, hazy sort of, uh, perspective where things feel a little off and then you wake up and you find out that you have actually slaughtered innocent civilians who had appeared to be goblins due to the influence of the hist sap, which is very sobering and, uh, it's, Oh, oh boy. Yeah, I know. It's not something I ever expected to experience in an Elder Scrolls game. Um, yeah, even, was, even by Elder Scrolls standards, like that's... Yeah. Oh, that's heavy. Yeah, Elder Scrolls can get dark, man. Uh, but like, and it, it feels real though. It feels real because 
that's like basically a war crime and that kind of thing happens unfortunately in the real world like it feels like close to home when you have combat drugs and civilian casualties and you know collateral damage and things like that and desensitized from uh years of war and carnage i mean exactly jeez okay we're gonna take a quick break here but stick around we'll be right back It's it, it gets real. Like this whole quest chain gets This is all very real. Gets this, very uh, real. Yeah. A little wow. too real. This conflict between the Fighters Guild and the Blackwood Company, it does sort of give us that really clear delineation between the two competing mercenary companies of Cyrodiil. But moving forward, that big question though still lingers. What does credibility and what does honor? What what do these things truly mean for a private military organization? We still have to deal with this question of, can you ever really truly trust mercenaries? Yeah. So I guess the, the, the first question is obviously, you know, what are the kind of big differences here among the public? Mm-hmm. I think that is, I think, a good place to start of just, you know, what are the means in which they kind of help? I mean, I know that they're paid by uh, the community, but if you kind of like look into how they treat them, obviously you already said like the Blackwood company will double cross their clients if a bigger or better offer comes. So like, what does the fighters guild do? Yeah. Like we've, like we've mentioned the fighters guild is trusted. There's a long history there of people know they can, you know, give the fighters guild money and they will get competent, you know, reliable armed protection. There's that, just baseline of accountability that really anchors the fighter guild's reputation. One example, like partway into this quest chain in uh, Oblivion, when you're working with the fighters guild, the player is sort of told that, hey, we got word that one of our guild fighters, uh, a guy named Maglier, uh, he's out. So I think he was in the, I think he was in the city of Skingrad. Yeah, Maglier's in Skingrad, and he. Uh, apparently defaulted on a contract like he didn't follow through on a job which is a big no-no that is not acceptable under the guild charter and it's rectified asap like you know look at that just from like take a step back and look at that situation the fight a fighters guild member didn't follow through on a job fighters guild leadership immediately sends you the player to uh, find out what happened and uh, take over for maglier make sure the job gets done so that's that's accountability that's follow through that's that's service that's customer service right there that is top notch service if <laughs> i ever saw one it really but, is i mean it, it it it's also great because you know in any mercenary or military style uh organization or entity accountability needs to be key mm-hmm. when you fuck up when you make any kind of mistake or step out of line that discipline is what needs to be there. People need to be held accountable. They, they can't just be excused because, you know, they are part of a, a greater entity and, you know, we'll get back to you. If this really is working for the empire and the people there are working and are held to the same standard as any other citizen would be, I mean, that is something that I would love to see a lot more in large you know, transcontinental empires. 
Yeah, uh, certain developed countries could um, take a note from from this arrangement. I think. Uh, hint, hint. If you're watching this, nudge, nudge, or listening to this. But yeah, like we're, we 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 jest, but seriously though, like there are real world examples of like private companies that you know are not government agencies that commit heinous acts in armed conflict and they are not even though they are technically civilian organizations they are not subject to civilian law they have sort of that umbrella of government cover over them that you know makes them not accountable to uh, uh, like the same legal bindings that the rest of us live by so it's there's something to be said about that like the fighters guild sort of knows that they have to earn that trust. They have to earn that reputation. And they are always vigilant about keeping that trust. Yeah, I like that it has both this air of medieval chivalry, yeah. uh, kind of coupled with almost the romanticized patriotism of your dedication and duty to your country. Absolutely. But that's, you know, that's, that's our impression of the Fighters Guild at this point. Uh, what about the Blackwood Company, though? Like, I think, I think it's worth picking apart what exactly made them so popular. Like, I mean, we know they're cheap. We know they, they'll do whatever you ask them to, basically. But what were the extenuating circumstances that allowed them to swell in popularity and influence so quickly? Because, uh, help me out, Bruce, was there something happening in Cyrodiil around this time that uh, might have... <laughs> might have led to this. Um, were there some extenuating there circumstances was, here? There was. <laughs> I, th I think it was a little cloudy. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. What was... Okay, so like this this guy, um, uh, Uriel Septum, he... Oh, God, he got got, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. There oh, you he go. super died. There oh, you go. man. He super died. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um... Yeah, Cyrodiil in particular, and I guess the Empire in general, was uh, very much in disarray. Emperor Uriel Septim VII, he got assassinated. He got, he got shanked. They caught him slipping. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, all of his heirs, like every one of his sons, uh, also were got. And <laughs> so the Empire was suddenly leaderless. And then, like, yeah, Kavach poof, went up in smoke, completely destroyed by an invasion of bloodthirsty Deidre. And if that, as if that wasn't enough, meanwhile, Gates, like, you know, rips in reality, leading to the chaos realm of oblivion, uh, basically hell. And I mean, Tamriel has been through a, <laughs> a lot, lot. Yes. especially, especially even by the second era. I mean, there was so much going on. Yeah. But I, I think it really needs to be, like, it can't be undersold here uh, how integral and kind of a mainstay that the Septim dynasty was. I mean, they were there for generations in the empire through its, uh, you know, highest and lowest points mm -hmm. uh, for, I believe, like hundreds of years. Yes. And to just see the entire line just go up and smoke like that that does not happen lightly wiped out in basically a day and yeah you, you you said it the the septim dynasty is the empire for all intents and purposes at this point because tiber septim himself founded the empire 
The Empire of Temriel came from Tiber Septim, and Uriel Septim VII was Tiber's direct descendant. And so, yeah, it was a big deal. And losing the leadership of the Empire at the same time as gates to oblivion are opening up all throughout the countryside, you can't even travel between the cities completely safely. Naturally, I think it's pretty understandable that uh, <laughs> the people of Cyrodiil were feeling a little bit exposed and unsafe. I think you could say. I think you could say. Absolutely, there was a lack of security there. A little bit. And Blackwood Blackwood Company was there to really fill that gap. I think also because it was detached from the government as mm. well. Um, because obviously you have your emperor and all of his heirs gone. You don't know who's really running the country anymore. Um, it might be in people's best interest to seek help from kind of an outside source that may not have its pockets in with big government and with almost like a headless empire at the moment. That's a great point. Yeah. Like, uh, people in Cyrodiil noticed the, Hey, the Imperial Legion couldn't protect the emperor city guards and the you know and the soldiers they couldn't protect kavach uh i can't afford to hire the fighters guild who's going to protect me who's who's looking out for me and along comes the blackwood company so yeah they they definitely filled a niche like you said bruce there was a there was a power vacuum there was a there was room for them there was a need for them and there they were so again the free market spoke very clearly and it turned out that low prices turned out to be more attractive than reputation accountability or even legality <laughs> like that didn't stop anybody and I, I i said this earlier uh that you know the there's not really anyone else to kind of take in that power vacuum as opposed to a state as there is just an entity of mercenaries it's those who have the power not even warlords at this point it's just literally these private contractors coming in taking gold and uh leaving blood yeah, but I, th I think this brings us to kind of like a, a pivotal question here. Having considered all these things, like, you know, the political climate, the complications that mercenaries can bring with them, you know, we have to wonder, even if you have an organization like the Fighters Guild that by all appearances is very reliable and very trustworthy, just by their own nature, should mercenaries kind of in general always be treated as suspect until proven otherwise or just you know can you ever really truly be 100 percent trustful of them so for me i feel that a mercenary or any private military force can never be truly trusted not even if they have done nothing wrong ever in its entire history first of all they're lying second of all <laughs> yeah, probably um i think Really, you just kind of have to look at what their worst investors have done mm. to really hold them to that kind of standard, uh, because it's not honor or duty or ethics that motivate them or keep their facilities running and open. It's money. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's always about money. The Blackwood Company is on one part of the spectrum where it is completely, fully, privately owned. And it's, I mean, first of all, literally, if you have any amount of coin, you have them in your pocket unless someone else has more coin than you. So then 
if the Blackwood Company would go further unchecked without the Fighters Guild going in to intervene, it would ultimately end up as this very high merchant class. Like, it would have started from the bottom, but it would work its way up to uh, being bought for these huge, giant military campaigns um, where it would just do whatever is asked of them by these huge, very secretive maybe organizations or big funders uh and that's one spectrum that is just terrible um and then the other part uh as nice as the fighters guild may seem i also i feel it's very dependent on the government because it is state funded public publicly funded kind of like military uh organization but not the army but also not police it's more you you still kind of have to pay but yeah. you know Somewhere they're not the completely depend yeah and they're yeah. not completely dependent on it um but i think that then just goes to say how's that government doing exactly and yeah. i would i would absolutely understand and feel for the people who are like well my emperor just got killed and all his sons and his whole family line so i don't know who's running the government but I'm pretty sure they're not going to be doing the exact same thing that Uriel was doing. And so I would, I would just kind of like keep an eye on that government. Like if worse comes to worse, I would definitely go for the fighters guild at that time. If I liked what Uriel Septim was doing and if the government in that empire was still doing that, if they weren't though, I mean, they could be doing stuff that's even worse than the Blackwood company. And it's all about just understanding that, Whoever's funding and investing in these militaries, whether it's being publicly or privately funded, I could never feel comfortable or safe trusting them a hundred percent. Yeah, I, it's a really good point about you know the fighters guild only being as reliable or um, effective or trustworthy as the government allows them to be. So, like, basically, if you if if for any reason you find yourself in Cyrodiil or anywhere in Tamriel, really, if you're, and you're looking to hire freelance fighters, uh, I guess the least you can expect is some kind of legally binding agreement uh, that backs up your contract with them. Unless, of course, the Empire backing up that contract is, you know, evil and, uh, you know, mismanaged and uh, corrupt, then maybe that legally binding agreement won't mean much. But with all the problems that the Fighters Guild has, um, you know, they're not entirely morally spotless or free of complications, but maybe they're about as good as it gets in terms of uh, Warriors for Hire and Cyrodiil. I mean, I like, yeah, I think like you said, I would definitely trust them before the Blackwood Company, but they're not free of entanglements. Oh, yeah. And in times like these, you know, you take what you can get. Right. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> like, in the words of Qui-Gon Jinn, there's always a bigger fish, someone with more money than you who can take your protection away from you. Yeah. It's all about that trade federation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it, I am proud to announce that Lower Party is starting its own private military. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up at loreparty.com. We will loreparty.com slash mercenary. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we'll, we'll talk rates. Uh, we're very negotiable. You know, it, We'll, we'll, we'll take whatever, you know, we're currently it is free. 
<laughs> we, you can pay us an exposure for mercenary work. We'll, we don't care. Yeah, we'll go anywhere. We will unclog the Suez Canal by, <laughs> by hand. Like, we'll do it. Give us some hist sap and you won't believe what we can do. Like, <laughs> oh, you literally won't believe j- Just it. sit back and watch us work once we have some hist sap in our system. <laughs> <laughs> that about wraps it up we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did please take a second to rate and review us on apple podcasts it really helps us grow the show be sure to connect with us on instagram and twitter at lore underscore party and check out our youtube page for bonus videos and highlights thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time